Acts chapter 2, verse number 21, Acts chapter 2, verse number 21, we bless you and honor you and thank God for keeping you so that you are here today in the presence of the Lord. Acts chapter 2, verse number 21, just grateful for God's goodness in our lives, amen, so merciful to us. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why don't, why don't you read that with me? It's just one verse. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's ask God to speak to us through his word. Mighty God, there is so much to be grateful for, and we pray that you saw us enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise because we know without you we're nothing and could be nothing. We pray your hand upon this people today. Allow your word to reach that point that you want it to reach in our hearts and produce in our lives actions of faith, actions that reflect the desire to see your will in every part of our lives, and not just for us, but we're asking you for an outpouring upon our community, upon our nation, upon our world. Almighty God, we believe that the outpouring that is happening now will grow and be at a point in its crescendo that it will be greater than the former rain. It'll be greater, oh Lord Jesus, than anything that has ever happened before. And we give you glory and honor for it. We pray and believe for these things in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord one more burst of praise and thanks. Would you do that? I give you glory, oh God. I thank you for your mercy. I bless your holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's go God like our God. Let's go God like our God. Merciful. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Right there in the middle of his message, uh, on the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter inserts uh, uh, this particular expression that uh, pulls together the reality of God's promise even from the Old Testament. And he tells the people, it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And my way of describing that to you today is simply anyone and everyone. Anyone and everyone. This experience that we call the day of Pentecost and the Pentecostal experience, a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, cloven tongues like as of fire, believers that were worshiping and praising God and anticipating, probably not even knowing what would ultimately happen, but they knew that there had been a promise that God had made to them. And so while they were worshiping and seeking God, heaven came down and they began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit of God gave them the ability. The Apostle Peter in his message 
pointed them to Jesus Christ, referenced his sacrifice, referenced their own ignorance to what was going on as Jesus lived the life that he lived before them. And yet he didn't stop and say, for that reason, we're all doomed. No, he went on to tell them there's something we can do if we want to participate in God's plan. Some of you can quote it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And really, again, in the next verse, I capture again what I am preaching today because he says, for the promise is unto you and to your children to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I feel like he's telling us anyone and everyone, not just here on this day of Pentecost, but on every day that will come after. In fact, it has been that way. It started on Pentecost, and it has not stopped to this very moment. God is pouring out his Spirit upon anyone and everyone that will seek him. Amen. Jesus had told Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The prophets had given the word and promised that God had given to them. They expressed it. Isaiah said, for with a stammering lip, uh, lip for with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Ezekiel tagged on, and he began to express God's promise this way. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. The day of Pentecost and whatever has happened from then until now has proved that God keeps his promise. Amen. And you are a witness, you that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, but also you that have been healed. God keeps his promise promise. You that have been delivered, God keeps his promise. You that wake up every morning and say, I have a reason to live. Not everything's perfect in my life, but I feel like I have a purpose. God keeps his promise to anyone and everyone. In Joel chapter 2, Peter preaches and quotes quite a bit of this from Acts chapter 2, you can read it, but he quotes Joel saying, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And it never has ceased to happen since the day of Pentecost. Aren't you grateful? God has honored his word. And just like John the Baptist said, there is one that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Just like Jesus said, when you believe on me, there will flow from your 
belly rivers of living water. And just like he further said to his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless, but I I will come to you. I got to say, living in 2021 is a whole lot more manageable because he has not left me comfortless, but I wake up every morning and I'm reminded he's with me. He's for me. He's inside of me. His spirit lives in me. Amen. Thank God. I almost, I don't believe it's, it's inappropriate to say. But those ancient children of Israel that had a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, it's one thing to have God near, but it's another one, another thing to say he lives in my heart. Praise God. It's one thing to see water come from a rock, but it's another thing to know a rushing water, a river of living water is flowing. Es como riva, ría de agua viva en mi ser. There is a river flowing. It's one thing to see a miracle where manna comes and provision comes, but it's another thing to wake up and realize he's with me every day of my life. That is not just an exclusive club. It's anyone and everyone. It's educated. It's uneducated. It's wealthy. It's impoverished. It's every race, every culture, every language group. It's every nation in the world. It's anyone and everyone. It's every type of denomination. It is God's purpose and God's plan. It is His will that all people be filled with his spirit and so at times like this we're probably in in the right vein where we can ask what the apostle paul asked in acts chapter 19 when he was talking to people who did have a relationship with god and he was speaking to people that had uh, absolutely understood some things about God's purpose and had responded and so when he began to talk to them he didn't put them down where they were he just tried to catch up with where they were and lead them a little bit further and this is what he said he said have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed and they said we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost I think we could camp out there a little bit. We won't, but I am begging you, just because your neighbors haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's not for them. Just because your coworkers don't understand it doesn't mean it's not for them. Just because a great portion of our culture and our society looks at it and doesn't even really believe it's from God doesn't mean it's not for them. Here comes the church. Here comes the child of God ready to say well let me tell you a little bit about what it means and what happens when you're baptized in Jesus name and when you begin to worship him seeking his spirit you will be filled with the Holy Ghost it's not supposed to be hard it's not supposed to be all long and drawn out and confusing it's supposed to be what happens when a hungry heart, having repented, is seeking more of God, they begin to worship Him. His Spirit falls, 
and they go from speaking French to speaking a language they've never spoken before. And they go from speaking Spanish to speaking a language they've never spoken before. And they go from speaking English to speaking a language they've never spoken before. And in all the African nations and in all of the Asia uh, region, whenever they begin to speak in tongues, whatever their native language has been, it is supernaturally transformed and they begin to speak in a language that they've never been trained or educated or learn to speak in so that they will know I just had something happen to me that only God could do I just experienced something isn't that the way you felt when you got done praying and had been speaking in tongues you realized hey that wasn't the preacher that wasn't the choir that wasn't my mama or my grandmother that was God through the power of his Holy Spirit from then until now, God is still pouring out His Spirit. In fact, just our denomination, which is just one slice of God's pie, we right now calculate throughout North America and the world, over 400 every day are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost in a United Pentecostal Church worship service or Bible study or preaching point that's happening every single day as we live and breathe right now on planet earth and that's just one little slice of what God is doing I'm here to tell you Muslims are receiving the Holy Ghost Buddhists are receiving the Holy Ghost certainly Catholics and Methodists and Lutheran and agnostics and they start out atheist but by the end of the prayer meeting they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they're praising the name of Jesus. Why? Because it is for anyone and everyone. Amen. And you get a window into how God works from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33. After describing in verse 2, thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it. The Lord is his name. After identifying who he is and what he has done, he gives them this encouragement. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This is how our God works. You can arrive here today. I know we have no guest, and that is disappointing, to be honest with you. But we have a church family that, by and large, through experience, knows what these things mean. And yet, it could happen. You could walk in to a worship service. You could sit in a Bible study. You could just be talking over coffee with a friend, and they have never heard or known the power of the Holy Ghost. But look at how God calls, how God works. He says, if you or they could just call unto me in faith, I will answer, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou, this is just God's way. I mean, he could have done it anyway. He could have said, sign a card, attend for six months, and then we'll talk about the Holy Ghost. No, he didn't do it that way. But throughout the ages, he's just done what he does. He says, if they'll call unto me, 
I will answer and show them great and mighty things. I know they don't know, but they're getting ready to know. I know they've never felt it, but they're getting ready to feel it. I know they look like they don't ever want it, but if you'll get them to call, I think that gives you a nice open runway to say, I just heard that you're going through a rough time. Could I tell you a little bit about the Holy Ghost? I know you laugh about me speaking in tongues, but could I tell you, I didn't always speak in tongues, but something got a hold of me when I called. When I called, he answered. That to me, serving that kind of God, that, that just, first of all, it's awesome because we don't deserve it. But he's that good to us. But what it does for me is no matter where you are, no matter what's happening, don't stop believing, don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop seeking. Because just like the promise of the Holy Ghost, the promise of God's answer has already been laid out in Scripture. I believe he wants someone to understand the day. I'll show you something you've never seen before. Anybody had a miracle like that? I tell you, God's not done doing miracles like that. Have you ever left a worship service and said, I never felt that before? God is not done doing great, 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 great and mighty and mighty and mighty things. Don't give up on grandma. Don't give up on grandpa. Don't give up on an unsaved loved one. Just keep calling his name. Amen. You see a demonstration of this throughout the books of the book of Acts. Acts 2, day of Pentecost. They cry out, they call out. What happens? A demonstration of the supernatural. Anyone and everyone, doesn't matter who. God just honors his word. Acts chapter 4, they already have the Holy Ghost, but they're up against pressure and persecution, and they start praying. They start crying out to God. God begins to work. The place where they're sitting is shaken, and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. Again, they begin to speak in other tongues, and they go out, and they speak the word of God with boldness. Acts chapter 8, in the city or in the land of Samaria, they go and Philip starts preaching and they get the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name and they're baptized. Then Peter and John come and begin to pray for them. And here we are. Now we're dealing with Samaritans. And God hears a cry and he fills a heart. And before you know it, they're all speaking in other tongues in Samaria. So much so that if you read Acts chapter 8 in your own time, you'll find that there's somebody by the name of Simon who he says, hey, hello, could I pay a little money so I can do this and make people speak in tongues? That's essentially what he's saying. And, and Peter has to rebuke him. But it's a demonstration of God's power. He says, call unto me. Will answer. 
Now they had it up there in the Amplified. I want them to put it back up there. That second part, great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. I looked at that again this week, and I thought, wow, when the Amplified amplifies, it gives you just a little more flavor. Great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish, and recognize, have knowledge of, and understand. And I thought, wow. Now, why would God want to fence in and hide, obscure something he wants everyone to have? And I felt like my answer, not telling you God told me, but I just feel like my answer is simply this. He did not fence these things in to keep them from us. He fenced them in to keep them for us. I said he fenced them in so that when somebody gets hungry and somebody gets thirsty and somebody says money isn't doing it for me and popularity isn't doing it for me and satisfying the lust of my flesh isn't doing it for me. He said if that person will just start calling my name and crying out to me, I've got something that's been fenced in. It's an anointing. It's a blessing. It's the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost. It's the infilling of God's Spirit. I know you don't understand it or even realize what it means but you keep digging you keep seeking seeking you keep reaching I've got something for you amen and I think that ought to motivate every Pentecostal Catholic Methodist atheist agnostic just to give God a chance I think it ought to give, I'll tell you what, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, never been baptized in Jesus' name, never known the joy and the demonstration of God's power, seek him until you receive it. If you don't like it, we'll just smile, shake your hands, and be friends. How about that? Sounds like you've got nothing to lose. Don't stand on the outside saying what's in there I don't think that's for me. I promise you, if you'll call upon his name, open your heart and say, Lord, I don't understand all about this. I was raised a totally different way. They didn't even talk about the Holy Ghost. They didn't even talk about speaking in tongues. But that preacher is telling me inside of your presence, there's something I cannot get anywhere else. I want it, God. I want it, God. I want you to have your way in my life. It's not all that different than the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians describing very eloquently that the natural man can't receive the things of God. Because there's some things you will never gain just operating in your carnal nature. But when you open your heart, repent of your sins, and cry out to God, He'll answer. He'll show you great and mighty things. Would you stand with me?
His promise is true. Great is his faithfulness. In Ezekiel, there is a picture painted by God of a river that's going to flow. And in his description, Ezekiel writes, It shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come shall live, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come there, and for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. There's a context there that uh, honestly take time and read and recognize how God can bring something from nothing and bring new life uh, to a dead situation. But also understand this, when it comes to the river of the Holy Ghost, wherever that river flows, life comes. Wherever that river comes, wherever that river flows, life comes, and God brings healing, and God brings restoration. I really can't explain it great in the sense that you could say that makes sense in my intellect, but I will tell you, there's a reason why people say, once I was lost, but now I'm found. There's a reason why people who were never blind in the natural can say, once I was blind, but now I can see. There's a reason. It's because wherever this Holy Spirit flows. It brings life. And there is a mighty demonstration of God's power. It's for anyone and it's for everyone. 600 million Christians speaking in tongues under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I believe God has made it clear I'm not wanting this to be for a little group. I want anyone and everyone to call upon my name and I will hear them. I will answer and I will show them great things, mighty things, things that before seemed fenced into them, but it's what I had in store for them. What do we do now to end this service when almost all here have been filled with the Holy Ghost as far as I know? Well, then we might want to just start seeking for some other things that are fenced in, and maybe you feel like you've been on the outside wondering how that gets activated in my life. I feel like the principle will work. You can come forward, or you can do it somewhere in an aisle, or you can do it somewhere in a pew but this is a good moment to lift your hands lift your voice and not worry about what anyone else thinks and say God I want what you have for my life I want more than just a good church to go to more than just a pastor more than just a church family I want the demonstration of your mighty power I want the Holy Ghost if you're here and you've not been refilled or renewed in quite sometime. I'm not telling you you're lost, but I am saying that God will give you the desire of your heart if you'll just cry out and say, I want more. God will answer. The advantage to getting out, thank you, Brother Brent, is it gives us a little signal that you want someone to pray with you and someone will pray with you. The advantage to stepping out in the aisle or coming forward where there's plenty of room and seeking is not that you're saying that you're backslidden. It's that you're saying, I want more. I want more. 
I don't know if they want to play music, that's fine. But I feel like we don't even have to worry about it. It'd be great to have it. But what we really want is a hungry heart that will say, Mighty God, Mighty God, I want a touch from heaven that transforms my life. And maybe you would begin to pray for a family member or a friend that you realize right now is being shredded by life. You can cry out right now in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, and affect somebody in another state, in another location, in another town, miles from here. And all you got to do is say, God, I know I can't help them, but I'm crying out to you. He's going to hear. He's going to answer. If healing is needed, he is the healer. If deliverance is Now let's seek him. Let's offer a prayer of repentance. Let's offer a prayer of worship. Almighty God, would you have your way in my life? Almighty God, would you cleanse my heart and renew a right spirit within me? Almighty God, would you give me more than just the demonstration of lukewarm or even cold faith? Would you give me a renewed spirit? Would you give me a fresh touch? Would you move in my family? Would you move in our friends? Would you move in our neighborhoods? Oh God, we cry out to you. And we ask you to pour out your spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's awesome. That's awesome. We've got a younger people praying. We've got older people praying. Everybody that can help us. Somebody is seeking. Don't let them seek by themselves. There is. There is a wind that will blow through a life and refresh and renew. There is a river that will move through a heart and refresh and renew. Oh, there is the Spirit of God. It's a healing balm. It's a cleansing flow. It's a grace. It's a power. It's a deliverance. It will come when you cry out to Him. This is the rest wherein you cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. I'm so grateful for the blood of Jesus. I'm so grateful for the power of the Word. But he gave us something else. He said, I'll give you my spirit. I'll live within you. You'll have a new purpose. He's not right.